Imagine your new bathroom. A sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen. Welcome back to all my regular listeners, and welcome to any new listeners. I hope you enjoy this podcast. So today our topic will be sleep apnea. Um, Just a discussion and rundown of what it is, and what causes it, and what some of the treatments are out there for it. Um... Excuse me. Before we get started, I'd like to remind you that this podcast is on Thursdays at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I am on Zoom. This show is live. If you'd like to talk to me on Zoom, my number is 1-646-558-558. 8656. That's a United States number through New York. So your long distance charges will apply. Again, also, if you'd like to use our meeting ID, it is 465-172-882. So let's go ahead and get started with our topic. So sleep apnea, what is it? Um, This actually came to my attention recently. Um, so I was interested in, in, you know, finding out more about it. People talk about sleep apnea a lot. I have friends who do have it. Um, and I never really looked into it. And there are a lot of different things and complications that I wasn't aware of. So let's get into it. So sleep apnea is a sleep disorder in which breathing repeatedly stops and starts during sleep. It is estimated that 22 million Americans have sleep apnea. Many people with sleep apnea feel tired after a full night's sleep and may snore while sleeping. There are three types of sleep apnea. Um, The first one is obstructive sleep apnea. These are, this is the most common. occurs when the throat muscles relax during sleep. So basically your throat relaxes 
And unfortunately, that ends considered that causes your airway to constrict. Um, your throat holds holds itself open during the day by you know using the, the muscles around your throat to actually physically hold your you know your airway open. When you're asleep, those muscles relax, of course, because you're sleeping, and they kind of collapse a little bit and restrict the airway. Um, <clears throat> the second version of sleep apnea is central sleep apnea. So this is when your brain kind of forgets to send signals to the muscles to basically tell you to breathe. Um, this actually sounds uh, quite, uh, I won't say frightening, but concerning, this particular one especially. Um, basically, again, your your brain doesn't send the correct signals to your muscles to for you to continue breathing so you just simply stop and don't resume you know breathing until you wake up again um, which we'll get to in a minute um, complex sleep apnea syndrome this occurs when somebody has both obstructive and central sleep apnea which I don't envy them if they do poor things um, <clears throat> so here are a few symptoms to look out for so episodes where a person stops breathing during the sleep as reported by someone else, example, your partner. Um, <clears throat> so often your partner will recognize that you are not breathing in your sleep, you know, much, much sooner than you do. Um, and they will say something. Gasping for air during sleep. Um, Again, waking, kind of waking up and gasping for air and then falling back to sleep. Um, having a dry mouth when you wake up. Having headaches in the morning. Insomnia. Or excessive daytime sleeping hypersomnia. So basically, you don't get a full night's sleep because of your sleep apnea. So you tend to fall asleep during the day. Um... Difficulty focusing and paying attention to things during the day. Um, irritability can show up as well. So, of course, if you have any of these symptoms, please consult with your doctor. More than likely, they will send you to a sleep specialist and they'll go from there. We'll talk a little bit about what a uh, sleep clinic will do um, to, to help you out in just a minute here. I just uh, want to talk a few talk about a few more things regarding sleep apnea and the causes before we go go on. Uh, causes of sleep apnea. This is specifically obstructive sleep apnea, the first one I spoke about. So causes of this type of sleep apnea. Um, this occurs when the muscles in the throat, as I mentioned, relax and they restrict a person's airway during sleep. So the brain senses the body's need for air and prompts the person to wake up so that they can reopen their airways a start breathing again. These re reawakening periods are so brief that we often don't remember them. This can happen 30 or more times per hour all night, impairing a person's ability to reach deep sleep. 
So basically your airway closes and you're prompted to wake up by your brain and you take a breath, you fall back asleep, repeat, repeat, you know, throughout the entire night, which is really difficult. <clears throat> Central sleep apnea. This is the less common one. A person's brain may stop sending signals to the muscles, which help a person breathe. Again, I mentioned that. Um, and this, of course, this means that they don't make an effort to breathe. They may awaken with shortness of breath or have trouble getting and staying asleep. So that's some typical signs of the central sleep apnea syndrome. In just a moment here after this message from our sponsor, I will come back and we will talk about the risk factors for sleep apnea. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group educational resources to help reach your goals. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen, and we are discussing sleep apnea today. If you're interested in sleep apnea and missed the first part of this program, I encourage you to visit our um, website at newheightseducation.org. Um, all of my episodes are archived there, so once this live recording is over, you'll be able to find this episode there. So risk factors for sleep apnea, again, it's broken into two parts, the, the obstructive and the, um, the central sleep apnea. So risk factors for obstructive sleep apnea are obesity, um, neck circumference. Now this is a little bit different. This is people with thicker necks may have smaller airways. So if you have, for example, a guy who has a very muscular neck, um, that may actually means he has a, a smaller airway, a smaller, um, you know, a smaller airway. Um, <clears throat> narrow throat. Now, of course, this is similar to, you know, having a small airway. This can be inherited. Also, tonsils or adenoids may swell and block the throat. So if your child gets sore, you know, your infected tonsils, um, this, this type happens to the child a lot. Um, and, of course, you know, they remove tonsils and adenoids with surgery. <clears throat> Being male... Um, for some reason, males are two to three times more likely than women to have the disorder. Um, <clears throat> this has a few caveats to it. Women tend to get sleep apnea when they gain weight and also after menopause. If so, those are the times that the risks go up for women. Being older, 
again, older folks tend to get sleep apnea. A family history of sleep apnea. Use of alcohol, sedatives, and tranquilizers. These relax the muscles in the throat, which can worsen sleep apnea, which was interesting to me. I did not know that. Um, but it makes sense. So, um, smoking. Smokers are three, <clears throat> are three times more likely to develop sleep apnea. This is due to an increase in inflammation and fluid in the throat. <coughs> Boy, it's dry today. Excuse me. Nasal congestion. This is nasal congestion. Um, for example, if you have a deviated septum or something, uh, you know, different in the construction of your nose or nasal congestion due to allergies, you may, um, you're at increased, increased risk for sleep apnea. Um, other medical conditions such as type 2 diabetes, congestive heart failure, failure, and Parkinson's are some of the conditions which can increase a patient's risk for sleep apnea. There are others. I'll point you to some websites uh, later if you'd like to uh, explore some more information about that. So let's talk about central sleep apnea. Central sleep apnea, the risk factors are, again, being older, uh, again, being male, and using narcotics for pain, um, especially using opioids, um, especially long-acting ones like methadone, increase the risk of sleep apnea. Um, so if you happen to be on a narcotic like oxycodone, Percocet, um, you might want to talk to your pain doctor and just say, you know, hey, can we look into this? Um, what is the risk? You know, what is, what are my chances? Is, you know, is sleep apnea a possibility because I'm on, you know, this, this medication? It's always a good thing to look into. Um, <clears throat> Stroke. So having had a stroke in the past increases your risk of having uh, central sleep apnea. Um, there weren't any specifics when I looked this up, but I would hazard a guess and say it has to do with, you know, damage to the pathways in your brain, which um, in turn gives you the central sleep apnea. So I'm going to stop here for another message from our sponsors and we'll be back with some complications, things to look out for, how to treat sleep apnea. Um, and we'll see you on the other side of the break. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest growing video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen. So we've been discussing sleep apnea in this episode. Um, if you're interested, I talked about the types of sleep apnea and the causes of sleep apnea in our previous uh, segments. 
Now we're going over complications in sleep apnea. Um, complications that sleep apnea can cause for a person are daytime fatigue. This impacts work, school, um, and or a person's mood, irritability, sometimes depression, that sort of thing. Um, hypertension. Having sleep apnea increases a person's risk of having high blood pressure. Um, type 2 diabetes, it increases the risk of developing insulin resistance. Um, another thing which I find interesting, um, although I couldn't find more details on that um, <clears throat> at this time. Perhaps I'll do a part 2 um, once I find out more information about type 2 diabetes and sleep apnea. Um, that would be interesting to go through um, with you guys. Um, metabolic syndrome, which is basically issues with your metabolism. Um, com complications with medications um, and during surgeries. So certain medications can exacerbate your sleep apnea. Um, again, see, see earlier when I talked about narcotics and pain. And also when you are about to go into surgery, you, you should let the surgeon and the anesthesiologist know that you suffer from sleep apnea um, because they may have to do things differently uh, with regards to anesthesia um, and, and making sure you get enough oxygen during the surgery. Um, liver problems and sleep-deprived partners. So if you do have a partner um, and they they may have to move to another room, another section of the house, um, unfortunately, because the loudness of the snoring and, and the gasping um, of the sleep apnea patient is too loud for them to sleep, unfortunately. Um, it's always a good thing to get your sleep apnea looked at, guys, because... Um, yeah, I've heard these stories too. Um, poor things. So what about the diagnosis and treatment of sleep apnea? So most often the doctor will refer you to a sleep apnea clinic. So, or a sleep disorder clinic, excuse me, um, clinic that deals only with sleep disorders. Um, the doctors there will monitor your sleep overnight. This can be done in a lab setting or at home with a home testing kit. So a few things, a quick note about that home testing kit. Um, I'm finding that more sleep clinics are offering the home testing kit um, due to COVID-19 concerns. Um, it's it actually, I find it a better way to do a testing like this because you're not sleeping in a strange lab for a night. Um, you're sleeping in your own home. So if that seems like something appealing to you, you might want to ask your clinic about a home testing kit or, you know, versus the lab test. Um, so there are a, quite a few options for treating sleep apnea. The, the most common is the use of a CPAP machine. Um, you may have heard of a CPAP machine before. It is, stands for Continuous Positive Airway Pressure. This is a mass that delivers air through a tube with just enough pressure to keep the person's airway open. Now this is just like a hair or two above the room air, you know, the air in the room. 
Um, there are difficulties with the CPAP, of course. Um, the mask can be cumbersome or uncomfortable, and a respiratory therapist will need to fit you with the CPAP. And there can be a lot of trial and error in finding the right fit and the mask for you. Um, it, it, I've heard that when you do get the right fit and everything, you know, smooths out and you find out what works for you, that it's great, you know, that you get plenty of sleep and it's wonderful, but there is a lot of trial and error that goes into it. Um, so be sure you get the correct mask and the correct, um, headgear for, for your mask and, you know, check in with your respiratory therapist if you are feeling uncomfortable in the mask or if it's just not working for you. Um, there are a few other options other than the CPAP machine. Um, so I would again talk to your um, respiratory therapist. I know that there are a few types of surgeries out there that can correct the most severe sleep apnea. So if no other treatments have worked, then surgery may be an option for you. Um, and of course, there are some lifestyle changes that may help with sleep apnea. Um, some of the following are, you know, losing weight, exercise, sleeping on your side or stomach rather than your back. Um, again, if you sleep on your back, your your tongue falls back. And again, your your that can worsen your sleep apnea. Avoid alcohol and tranquilizers um, and avoid smoking. So take a, you know, if you have any of these symptoms that I mentioned, take a look. Um, maybe you have sleep apnea. It is treatable. Um, so I wouldn't, you know, don't be concerned. Just get the right help for you. Um, if you'd like to contact me about this show or if you have any topics about this show uh, for this show to go over with, sorry, let's start again. If you'd like to contact me or have any topics you'd like me to discuss on the show, you can reach me at Erica H at newheightseducation.org. Erica with a K, H is in Harry at newheightseducation.org. I love hearing from people. And if you have any ideas for me to discuss on the show, I'd be happy to hear them. Um, <clears throat> And, of course, the show is always on Thursdays at 2 p.m. Mountain, 1 p.m. Pacific, and 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, I, I love talking to you guys, and I hope you found this episode informative. And I will once again see you next week with another topic. And, you know, we'll just learn together. So have a great week, everybody. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings. One Day University. 
we feature hundreds of top-rated professors from Stanford, Harvard, Michigan, Texas, UCLA, and other schools across the world to explore history, music, politics, art, science, and much more. Every Wednesday, our weekly Scholar Newsletter includes five fascinating short video clips of our most notable professors discussing a brand new topic, plus special reports and topical debates as well. Sign up for free at OneDayU.com. That's O-N-E-D-A-Y-U.com.